Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Hello, Montana. Access in sports through the lens of the All-Star Game. It's more interesting than you think. I kind of undersold it right there. Also, contracts in the NBA and some Montana State and Montana Football transfers. It is to tell new one is on 1029 ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with you on this Wednesday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day wherever you are. We appreciate you being here with us for a little while. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula and Highway 83 in Sealy in July. Is Kurtz Polaris 30th birthday? That's right, 30 years they've been in business and they are celebrating all month. By offering up to 30% off, really 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husqvarna invaded dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat. Some restrictions apply. See Kurtz for details. Get to Kurtz Polaris in Missoula and Sealy all month for their 30-year anniversary sale. If you'd like to find us on the World Wide Web, you can do just that, 1029ESPN.com. There you can listen to the stream. You can also uh, check out uh, the podcast, which is there. If you want to listen live, you're out of market. The stream is maybe a nice way to do that. Check in. Make sure you're on the forefront of what's going on across the state of Montana in the world of sports. Stream brought to us by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to call, Give us a ring. 329-1899-329-1899. All guests join us via the Rangage Brothers RV 
phone line. In the show today, we're going to go through the uh, Major League Baseball All-Star Game last night. A 4-3 win by the American League. The seventh consecutive win by the American League. Uh, and, you know, that's all well and good. Interesting game. Actually, a pitcher's duel uh, for uh, for all intents and purposes. For as many runs have been scored. Runs are... I don't know if they're, are they at double this season, Colter? Not quite tw- double, but I mean a ton of runs coming across uh, uh, this season. But in the All-Star game last night, the defense had the better of it in a good baseball game, 4-3 ultimately. But uh, Freddie Freeman from the Atlanta Braves was mic'd up last night and uh, throughout the course of the game. And I want to talk about that because I think there's a lot of people talking today about this should be the new norm. I mean, it was great to hear him yesterday. And so we'll go through some of that stuff here off the bat it is a wing it wednesday so we have wings for you from the desperado sports tavern if you're very talented very smart you might get a shirt out of the deal as well i uh, got some uh, questions for you my questions revolve around uh, what we'll be talking about at the top of the hour which is nba contracts Ka- uh, Kawhi leonard signing a new deal his three-year deal matches Paul George's deal insofar as it's three years remaining with the third year a player option on the contract. So we will get into uh, all of that. And uh, a couple, as I mentioned, transfers for both uh, the University of Montana and Montana State football teams coming in uh, to camp here in this uh, early July. So we're getting close to uh, camp ranking, but still time to get a couple of guys in here. So we'll do some Wing of Wednesdays. Talk about some football, some swimming stuff we got to get to. This is unbelievable. This girl from Hellgate out there just slinging it, winning international competitions, going to North Carolina State, looking to get into the 2020 Olympic Games and the Osprey. So plenty to do here on a Wednesday afternoon. Golter, good over there. Feeling it? Feeling it. Got your Ralph Lauren shirt on. Very important. Can't just be seafoam green. It's got to have a little guy playing Isn't this blue? on there. Yeah. This is baby blue. It's blue green. Baby blue. North Carolina. No, I mean, just objectively, who are you going to trust on colors? Well, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I get confused because I'm colorblind, right. but I do learn the colors of the clothes that I often wear. Okay. I was always under the impression that this was baby blue. Maybe I'm wrong. I got it at blue green. Maybe this is like the orange and blue dress. Remember well, that? Here's the thing. Remember that thing? Oh, like yeah, Some people yeah, thought yeah, it was yeah, orange yeah. and some thought it was blue. Yes. I do remember that thing. Crazy. Um... Colors are a spectrum, man. They're infinite. And so, you know, there could be a light blue and greenish hue to it. It's very nice. Only I owned a shirt that nice. Make my life. Uh, (laughs) All right. Let's talk about the All-Star game last night. But I really don't want to talk about the All-Star game itself. I want to talk about what happened in the All-Star game uh, as an entry point to access as fans, uh, particularly uh, through the medium of television. And last night in the Major League All-Star game, fun game, good game, good crowd on hand uh, and and all of that at uh, uh, Progressive Field in Cleveland. And the American League uh, beat the Major League four, or the National League, excuse me, four to three. Uh, seventh consecutive win for the uh, AL, for those of you tracking at home. Uh, a bunch of cheaters over there with an extra hitter. Uh, and so uh, that's all well and good. Fine game, great, love it. Freddie Freeman, though, wore a mic last night for Fox Television and also an earpiece and so had a continuous conversation going with Joe Buck while he is hitting, while he is standing in the box and stepping out of it. Kind of mentioned a couple of times what he was thinking, said that he's going to throw me high heat here. Then, of course, got an off-speed pitch from Justin Verlander, uh, which he didn't swing at. Amazing to look for something, not get it 
start to turn and then hold off. Nonetheless, struck out uh, on four pitches, uh, did Freddie Freeman in that at bat. Then goes into the field, playing first base. Uh, a base hit for the National League. I don't, I don't recall who it was uh, that, that was on base. But coming up there, and now they're having a conversation, uh, you know, at first base. And, you know, it's fun because it's a, it's a you know, a, an exhibition game. So they're joking. And it was great to watch Freddie Freeman and Justin Verlander talking back and forth to each other. Verlander knowing that Freeman is mic'd up. Freeman saying, you know, they're going to tell me from the booth what you're throwing me, so just be ready for it because I'm taking your yard, big boy. And then when Verlander strikes him out, they start, you know, chattering back and forth. And it was fun and funny and entertaining. I thought it was great. So everything that happened last night and the conversations that were had and some of the strategy stuff that you get as well is interesting. Now, we've seen this before uh, in, like, spring training games. I re- and I think that last year's All-Star game, what they did was they threw a, a mic on – uh, uh, Bryce Harper in right field. And so while he was playing defense, he was out there. And, but it was really, it was a sort of in-game interview that was taking place. The likelihood that, it, you know, how many times is, is a guy in the outfield going to have a defensive play to make, a, you know, a couple a game. The likelihood that it's going to happen in the course of a half of an inning is relatively low. Uh, and as it turned out, I don't think there was a play to be made. But we've seen this where there have been plays to be made, and you get some stuff out of it. But really what it is is a conversation, and then you have the the sort of interesting and new part of the conversation stopping while a pitch is being thrown as the player who's on the field is, you know, focused in, you know, if I'm going to have to go somewhere and make a play here. So this is all well and good. And – Last night in particular, I have to say, I thought it was really fun. I, 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 I really enjoyed listening to Freddie Freeman. And again, as just from a, 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 you know, in an exhibition contest and the fun that the guys are having when it's competitive, but not in a, in a quote unquote meaningful sense or whatever, you know, they're just out there having a good time doing the thing. So I thought that was great. I thought it was, it was cool of Freddie Freeman to do that, to see a batter live in the box, talking to you about what he thought the next pitch was going to be. Taking swings, go, you know, got over the top of that one, whatever it is. That's amazing, man. I've never heard something like what I heard last night, particularly, you know, offensively. And you get, it, it is a whole new experience to have that ongoing while it's happening. I mean, it's truly, it was, it was very, very cool, I think, as a viewer. And... To, to have that sort of thing that you just would never know what was up or what was going on. And granted, he's obviously well aware that this is happening, so he's, I think Freddie Freeman was a little more prepared to be audible about what he was thinking. as a Like, he's not just muttering to, him, to himself, that ah, he's throwing me high heat here, you know? But for him to walk out and you hear what he says, you know, to the catcher, to the umpire, and again, a more conversational context of an all-star game, I thought it was great. So... That's that. Now there's a big conversation today about, well, this should just be the way that it is. But before we get into that, because I think there's a lot to say there. I mean, when you look at stuff like this, you've heard this sort of thing happen before, Coulter. What do you think about it? Do you find that interesting as a viewer, as a fan, as a guy? It's a very interesting question. I'm sad that I missed this last night because I think this is probably the best. It's the best. It's it the, best the best format. It's the best format. or yeah. Excuse me. It's the best sport and format. Yes. Baseball is more conducive to this than the other major sports, I believe. No question. Uh, just because I think that uh, it's not to say that that 
verbal combat, as it's become politically no politically correctly known as. Is that right? Uh, that's new to me. That's that's what uh, that's what some of the college football coaches call it now. Instead of saying smack talking, verbal, verbal combat. They try to teach their guys verbal combat. Are college football coaches the best and the worst? Well, they're the craziest. <laughs> <laughs> no question. <laughs> No question that the craziest person you know is your favorite team's Verbal college football coach. Brother. Okay. That's exactly right. Yeah. They're like pro wrestlers and scientists and savants and crazy people and teachers all at once. Yes. Yes. It's, yeah. a, it's an odd mixture. And people that hate sleeping and hate personal lives mm-hmm. and hate losing. Yes. It's it's impressive. Yeah. Uh, the thing that's so funny is even like the bottom, the number 245 out of 245 Division One football programs, the head coach of that team is still the most competitive person you know. Yeah. Right? Like, he, he's still, he's so competitive, he's, 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 it's painful. It hurts. Uh, regardless, I think that, though, that baseball is the best sport for smack time. You have some time in between the, the activity or the action of throwing a pitch, and, you know, it's, there's the reset, cadence there's it. the reset of prove it. Hey, I fooled you. Right. Now, like, yeah, you right. can go as far as be like, yo, I'm throwing you a high fastball, hit it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but this would have been great to watch. I'm sad I missed it. But in terms of this prevalently, I don't know what I think of it. I think that I think that there is more smack talking, especially on the perimeter in the NFL, than people could ever even imagine. Oh, and you got the mask on, the visor down, and those lips are flapping, buddy. And I think that. Uh, I think that we have made heroes out of all the superstars in the NBA, and I think that that if you mic'd a lot of them up, it would it would be a hit to that to I that uh, holy nature that a lot of these guys are held I in. Think a hit is maybe. maybe I mean, let's make no mistake. LeBron James is a he's a by and large pretty happy, positive guy, but he, he's straight giving it to dudes. I mean, Kevin Durant is is. Feasting on guys, he's talking so much junk. No, no question. I mean, Russell Westbrook. What's Russell Westbrook saying during a game? Russell Westbrook, everything never stops talking. I mean, the greatest display of Russell Westbrook's physical conditioning is that he can play forty minutes a game as hard as he can and never stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk on the phone and walk. And and Westbrook is just up and down. Just a blur. I want to talk about Westbrook a little bit later on because I, I have some other thoughts on him because uh, I was just really thinking about the the. The ferocious creature that he is and how he might be able to be unleashed on the league now if he's free of the constraints of, of Oklahoma City. Regardless, uh, I think that this could be a, uh, a novelty thing that was really, really popular in both the NFL and the NBA initially. But I don't necessarily know if it's good for the league broadly, and I don't think people would think it was as entertaining if it was a regular thing. Okay, so here's where I'm going to agree with you. on The reason this hasn't happened is because league executives and commissioners would would without question say a no we cannot have the public in on the conversations of the uh sorted sort that happen every single play every single second of every single game and particularly if it starts to get heated no. And particularly in the NFL, because the NFL is on network TV. That's right. The so, NFL is not even on cable. Listen, so, like, you, you can't even do TVPG on network I, TV. I have said, I, I, I made an argument a while back. Not an argument, but I, I, how great would it be for you as a fan to watch the NFL on HBO, the NFL on Showtime, right? If they mic the whole thing up and in real time, you don't even have announcers. Don't even have 
broadcasters. Put the game on, mic the dudes up, and let it rip and see what happens. Uh, I think that that would be you. You would you. It would everybody would be into it. You could have it a broadcast if you want to, but you understand what I'm saying. The point of all of that, and just just see what the what the truth is about what is going back and forth in an NFL football game or an NBA game or whatever it might be. Coulter, some people like the Clark Fork, some people like the Flat Hood, the Bitterroot. My favorite river has always been Blackfoot. We finally agree on something. Me too. I love Thibodeau Falls. I love Rainbow's End. I love the Blackfoot River. You know, if a company was smart, they'd just name themselves Blackfoot. By God, look at the geniuses over here at Blackfoot. They've gone and they've done it, and now guess what? They're working around the clock and around the state to lay hundreds of miles of fiber optic cables to increase Hugely, this, the efficiency and the speed of communication across the state of Montana. It's pretty likely you already know Blackfoot as a local partner for internet, voice, professional services, anything you need to fuel your growing business. But like you said, they're building hundreds and hundreds of miles of cable across Montana. And right now, they're expand, expanding their fiber network into Bozeman, St. Ignatius, and other regions. Find out more about what Blackfoot does. Give them a call. 866-541-5000 or go to goblackfoot.com. That's goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link here on the Podbean site or if you're listening in elsewhere, just copy the URL, drop it in there, goblackfoot.com. There's a lot of money that would be there to be made in that. And why hasn't it happened? Because I think you're right. When, when not even the people that watch, look, the people that tune in to watch the game, what do you think you're about to get? Guys talking about, hey, man, nice catch. Really excellent athleticism. You think that's what's going on? No, everybody understands it's tuning in. But what would happen is when Yahoo or, you know, ESP, whatever, whatever thing, the Twitter starts to circulate and you find quotes that are attached to players that he said this, and then it's getting out there to everybody, people who don't. And then the backlash that comes with that is would be would be uh, uh, ferocious and consistent, and very much uh, hurt the league in a lot of different ways, and hurt individual players in a lot of different ways. And I don't think that is uh, a net positive. In fact, I'm sure it is not a net positive for the league, even though for a fan who could, you know, who was prepared to handle what it was that they were hearing? I think they would love it. Love it to sit there. You want to know which one I want? Hockey. Give mm. me the hockey players all day long. I mean, with the accents and all the things they got going, it's glorious to hear the hockey players let loose on one another. But the point is, is that you can't you can't have that. Here's the other thing to me, though. More than okay, so we talked about okay, the the ugly content of what's gets said. How about the stuff that would be truly intriguing, which is some of the strategy stuff. Say, okay, guys, you know, if you're in the huddle, and they've done this in, like, the Pro Bowls, right, where the guys, you know, they... Now, nobody, no normal person can discern what in the world Blue 42, Route Y, Banana Spot, you know, all that stuff turn is. But, you know, guys will say things, hey, make sure you do this, hey, look for that. That stuff would be interesting, and is is I think intriguing to the fans and would give you a huge insight into real time what guys were thinking before it happens, you know, before the actual play unfolds or whatever it might be. Last night, though, this, the miking up, clearly had a material impact on what took place on the field, and that is bad. Freddie Freeman, 
went up there, knowing that he's mic'd up, knowing that he's not just on national television, but having discourse on national television about what he is doing. And he went up there and got struck out on four pitches by Justin Verlander, which in itself is enough. Is lots of people have been struck out in four pitches or less by Justin Verlander. But you could see as he's up there that he was he felt under the spotlight, under the microscope that he's got he wanted to come through and you could feel the pressure that he was feeling because he is mic'd up, because he's being talked to in his in his you know, ear. I think it took away to a certain extent from the focus of the actual pitch and what he was doing. And also, it really hurt him, uh, I, I think, just from uh, the, the focus in the pitch, but also broadly speaking, I think there was like a level of wanting to 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 get a hit so you could run and then talk about it while, you know, you were, you were up there. And he gets up there and it's strike one, strike two, take one, strike three, have a seat. And it was actually very small part embarrassing because you know he, he you could see he was up there wanted to do it and all of a sudden now he's got to take a seat and Verlander gets you know to talk him back to the dugout or whatever and even though it's merely exhibition I thought the fact that he was mic'd up clearly was impactful to him now maybe if this is the norm guys get over it uh or whatever but uh last night anyway that bothered me I didn't like that aspect of it as much as I enjoyed what I saw there overall and I think that if guys know that they're on now you're thinking about what you're saying instead of what it is that you're doing because you know that everybody can hear this you know what I mean maybe all of a sudden you don't have all these things maybe all of a sudden you don't have uh uh maybe a player goes well, you know what? I better not say that because I don't want Twitter to get a hold of me saying that. But you know what you're not doing at that point? Thinking about the game that you're, in fact, playing in the moment. You know, you're worried about the aftermath of this or whatever. And I think that is a net negative. I think that could I think that could actually impact what happens on the field or court or whatever it is and be bad for the game. And the NBA and the NFL are the two that, that really are brought to the forefront on this for me. Because of a lot of sort of sensitive things, there's just so much stuff that guys in the NBA and the NFL say in the heat of battle that they would never say anywhere else in the world. And if they knew that they were mic'd up, I don't think that they would say it. But also, if you're thinking about not saying something, when you've been practicing, I mean, when you're a guy like Champ Bailey or Charles Woodson, one of those corners that played for 15, 20, 15, 16 years, like Deion Sanders, you've been talking smack your whole life. And so then to make yourself not talk smack, that would be, it would affect the way that you play. That's what I'm saying. And and also, it would be such a bad thing for the branding of the leagues in terms of when guys are talking slang and in semantics in a a lot of different ways, stuff can be so twisted and misconstrued. And with the way Twitter is and the way that the – the echo chamber is, it's just crazy. And, you know, an NBA guy could say something that has, means nothing about anything, and it could just get twisted and, and skewed, and then all of a sudden this guy's just getting roasted in the yeah. court of public opinion, and that would just be so bad for the branding of everybody involved. Let's go to the phones and welcome in our good bud, Tucker Sargent. I know he's got lots of thoughts on this very thing. Hello, Tucker. Oh, Tucker, drop the call. Okay, we dropped it. Sorry. If you want to get back in, Tucker, you certainly can. Here's the other thing, too. I mean, this is kind of my last point on this, though, Coulter. Everybody wants to know everything and, you know, have the inside, you know, part of it. What's the, what's the best thing about what we do? 
I mean, one of the best parts. We get to go places other people don't get to go. We can go to games, sit in places, interview people, go places that, that, you, that you just can't do unless you're, you know, working member of the, of the press. And there's lots of arenas where this is the case. There's lots of places where people can go that other people can't go or whatever. And this would be the access to allow everybody into the game in a certain way that had not been done before in a very significant way, not merely just a better, uh, you know, television angle. What about, though, the mystery of it? You know, do it, do we have to know, even if, uh, say nothing of the bad branding stuff or whatever, just the, the intrigue of the game, do I need to know what this guy thinks the next pitch is to make it interesting? I think there's a level of not knowing that makes it better. I think about this all the time. If people knew what Michael Jordan was actually like and what he actually said and how he actually acted off the court during practice, during his personal life, there's absolutely no chance he would be as revered and famous as he is today. No chance. You're right. And so you're talking about mystery from a personal standpoint. But, Jordan was but the absolute lies. greatest at the, the mystery. He, he, he decided the image that he was going to project to the world, and he, stick, he stuck to it, never delineated from it, and he left all... Of the other stuff, the diversity of his own personality and the diversity of his competitiveness, he left it out of the public eye. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why he, now, when, when guys like Charles Barkley and Larry Bird and Magic Johnson say with a chuckle, <laughs> you guys only knew the dog that Michael Jordan is. It, it resonates even more because people are like, well, man, we knew he was competitive, but like, what was it really like? The mystery, like you're yeah. talking about. I just think that Jordan was the greatest at captivating the public through this squeaky clean persona while also being th- this cold-blooded killer behind cold doors. Uh, Closed doors, not cold doors. Let's go. Let's try this again. Go to the phones again. Hey, Tucker, how are you? Hey, Ryan. How you doing, bud? Doing great. Doing great. You and I have had many conversations about this very thing going back a ways. So now it gets updated to last night. Tell me what you think. Well, it's not more about what you think. I think so. It's kind of interesting with the mic'd up thing. They're... Uh the, the PLL, the Premier Lacrosse League, yeah. that's now being broadcast on NBC Sports, they have, like, three guys from each team every game that are mic'd up. And they will, like, after a goal is scored, they'll actually interview the player on the field, so in the headset, and talk to them afterwards. And, you know, and try, you know they're like, hey, what did you see there? How did it go? And... It's sort of interesting. Like, I, I get what the broadcasts are doing. Like, you're trying to get in what you guys were talking about, more content, get the viewers more engaged to see what's going on. But it's also sort of funny because a lot of times these guys are just sort of gassed, right? And they're getting interviewed <laughs> as, as, like, you know, the face-off goes and they're playing and then, like, the ball will come down to them and they're talking and they're, then you hear them, they're like, oh, shoot, I got to go. And then just, like, it's, totally. it's sort of I, I think the best way to execute, in my opinion, what I think is the most interesting is just when you have the raw audio and you just you get snippets of them, um, of the players in the moment versus, like, trying to interact with them. I think the interacting is, I mean, maybe they can develop it a little bit more and figure out a better way to do it, you know, the interviews and that sort of thing. But my favorite is just when you get a player, and they'll do this in the field. I mean, they're really trying to, Put, you know, it's a new league. They're trying to develop new things and, and, and make their way. So they've done a lot of interesting things with it. But I like when they just kind of cut to a player and the 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 guy doing the play-by-play will just say, and we're going to go to so-and-so and listen to them. And uh, you always got to be careful because there tends to be a fair number of bleeped-out moments yeah. during that when they're not aware. 
But that, to me, is the most interesting, hearing the communication amongst the players on the field and really what's going on, uh, that sort of talking. I think as far, especially if you if you know the sport too a little bit, and I think football is a great one, too. Um, I, I think if you go back to the, well, I think it was the, the Oh, it was the Super Bowl against the Falcons when Julian Edelman made the, the made the catch for the Patriots, where he it was like the fingertips catch on the drive to basically get the Patriots back right. into the game. Right, and and they go to him and they have the audio and you hear him talking with the player from the Falcons. He's I like, dude, it. I caught that. Yeah, exactly. I got that. Right, and right. the Falcons guy's like, no way. And then you see them looking up at the the camera and he's like, no, I told you, I effing got that. And you know, and, and the player, the other player is just saying. Oh, wow, like you did. And that, to me, is the most engaging, hearing the conversation amongst the players where there really are. Because I think people think it's like there's two enemies on either side of the field. In some cases there are, but what you hear more is that it's two athletes going at it, you know, at the top of their craft, and oftentimes they're in awe of each other. Right. And that, to me, I think is really the coolest thing when you get is the, some of that raw audio from them. Agreed in a lot of senses there. I agree. I, I think the interview thing during the game – no, we can't have that. Like, if you mic them up, you can't have the earpiece in there. That's too- it, it's brutal, man. Like the poor guy is trying to think, and then he, you know, he's just, you know, they're flustered because they don't even know what to say because they're not really prepared for these questions. Right. And you end up getting the the poor, the poor guys just sound dumb when they're probably not. They're just not focused on your question because they're actually doing their job. <laughs> Very good. Well, Tuck, as always, appreciate the thoughts on this. We'll catch you soon. Later. Later, bud. Um, yeah. One more point. Yeah. Something that has evolved so much in sports writing, and I think this is a reflection of American society. For forever, journalism, journalists, you know, the, the godfather of, of what you'd call real journalism uh, uh, of of. Yeah, the long-form in-person stories, where it's not just you not—it's not yellow journalism, it's not tabloid journalism, it's not breaking news journalism, it's not just the quick-hitting, two-hundred-word snippet that's on the front page of the paper. You're not calling over the phone. The the long-form, you know, couple thousand-word profiles about people, specifically famous people. Gay Talese, he's the guy who, who created that. The art of hanging out is what he would call it. Okay. Joe DiMaggio has, or Frank Sinatra has a cold. It's one of the great stories ever. He hung out with Frank Sinatra forever and wrote all about what Frank Sinatra's life is like, especially when Frank Sinatra has a cold. Mm. Silent Season of a Hero about Joe DiMaggio. It's great. Some of the great sports writing that's ever been. But forever and ever, you were just taking your, your quotes, hand notes, and so quotes were one or two sentences long if they were completely word for word, and mostly they were just paraphrased. Then you have the advent of the recorder, and then all of a sudden you can have bigger, blockier quotes, which that's a different journalism debate for a different day, the, the merits and also detractions of things like that. But forever and ever, if you had a source that was speaking to you on the record, the only thing you would ever edit out of their direct quote was when they would swear. Now, when guys swear, it's included in, like Sports Illustrated had a recent article about Rich Paul, and Rich Paul and LeBron James both used all sorts of cuss words in this article. And it's just the you know the first letter with the, the stars asterisk, next to it, but yeah. it's very indicative of what they're saying. You have no, there's no question of what they're saying. Right. But that used to be left out. Now it's left in. So I guess what I'm saying is that there is a, I think there's an understanding, and, and you know, a, 
in some camps probably uh, people don't like this, but it's just the reality that that swearing and cussing has just become more socially acceptable. That's a whole different debate whether that's a good or bad thing. Who knows? Who cares? That's not what I'm trying to say. I think that being mic'd up in an NFL or an NBA game, I don't think people would be offended or shocked that these guys say bad words in the heat of competition. I think it's some of the other stuff that would be really bad for the branding of the league. Because uh, these guys talk in, in a very different form, and there's all sorts of like slang, and there's all sorts of different roads you can go down where it's just, it's just not good. And in the heat of competition, I don't think it's really ruffling anybody's feathers more than just the normal amount. But if you were to put that stuff on Twitter or on the NFL Network, I think that it really would rub people the wrong way. Yeah, it, I agree. It's not about the swear words as such, I think. It's about when, in no uncertain terms, one guy says, this is exactly what I'm going to do to you. Exactly. And and then, especially when it gets siphoned out of when you're, if you were watching this happen, and gets put in print. Yes. As a quote, as like, this is what he said to him, which is, a, it is factual as such, but also fails to capture what actually may have transpired in that moment. You know what I mean? Uh, that is the thing that would be would be very detrimental. And I think, again, I don't even think it would be for the people that are watching the thing. I think it's for the people who don't watch that want to find, you know, a bone to pick or whatever and would say, well, this is awful. This is terrible. We can't have this. Society shouldn't have this in anywhere, anytime, et cetera, et cetera. And maybe in some cases that's true. There are some things you probably should never say, even if you're sitting there going toe-to-toe with a, you know, cornerback as a wide receiver or whatever. Like, I mean, there's some there's some no-fly zones in the profession in professional sports, and occasionally, guess what? They get flown in. So that's that's the stuff that 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 you know you couldn't. That's why it can't be live. That's why you watch mic'd up, right? You watch yep. the episode of mic'd up on the Monday after the game or whatever it is, and it's glorious. You hear what Julian Edelman said, and 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 that back and forth, and the production's on. I mean, seriously, one of my favorite things to watch is the, it's almost a full hour-long production of the Super Bowl after the Super Bowl with the mic'd up dropped in and the NFL Films narration. It's one of the great sports uh, uh, television pieces that's been put together, and they've done this the last several years. You can YouTube them and watch 50 minutes of, you know, Seahawks, Broncos, or whoever it was. Obviously, you know, Panthers, uh, 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 excuse me, Falcons, Patriots, and so on. And it is so, I mean, it's as interesting and intriguing. I mean, when you sit there and you're watching, you know, uh, 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 Nick Foles talking with Doug Peterson on the sideline about Philly Philly and you want to do it and Doug pauses and thinks about it and then he's like, yeah, dude, let's do it. And, you you know, and and you know what's coming and you see it. It's, It's amazing. But you can't do it in real time because you get all the other stuff too. And that's not great. Okay. I think we covered it for now. See what else happens with it. It's Tutel New Honors, 1029 ESPN Radio. It's time for a Wing It Wednesday. Boys and girls, I got my Wing It Wednesday questions all about NBA contracts. And it's easier than it sounds. All mine are 50-50. Either or. You pick one person out of two. Can't be that hard. Let's do a Wing It Wednesday. 329-1899. 329-1899. The phone number. You call in here. We got a basket of wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern. Maybe a shirt as well to go with it. A couple of trivia questions. And we'll do it next. 
You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Going to give away some Osprey tickets later in the show, too. Stick around for that. To tell Nuanas, it's 1029 ESPN Radio, and it's a Wing It Wednesday. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy, and they are celebrating Kurtz's their 30th anniversary. That's right, 30 years they've been in business, and they're celebrating this month by offering up to 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husqvarna and Beta dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat. How about that? Some restrictions apply. See Kurtz for details all month. Get into Kurtz for the 30th anniversary sale. We go to the phones now on a Wing It Wednesday, and we welcome Jonathan into the show. Jonathan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Excellent, Jonathan. Thanks for asking. We appreciate that. Here's the deal, my friend. I got three questions for you. They're all either-or questions, but they're all contract, NBA contract questions, okay? So we're going to ask you three of these things. You get two of them. You got yourself a basket of wings to the Desperado. You get uh, uh, all three. We're going to give you a shirt as well. And if you need help on any of these, Coulter is your very capable lifeline, all right? All right. Sounds good. Boy, some chicken wings would really hit the spot. Tell me likey. Tell me want wingy. All right, here we go, Jonathan. Uh, Question number one. Now, LeBron and Anthony Davis, they are both uh, Los Angeles Lakers. AD just getting traded over to the L.A. Lakers. Between the two of them over the next next three seasons, who is making more over the next three years, LeBron James or Anthony Davis? Over the next three seasons? Yeah, over the next three. And, and I will say, I'll, 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 excuse me, the next uh, the next two seasons. But I'll caveat it with this. Both these players, I'm going to ask these questions in the context of the same, they're, they, they're on the same duration or the same time length, okay? So I'm not trying to mess around with you. Well, this guy's got a four-year, and this guy's only got a three-year. So year by year, who's making more money, LeBron James or Anthony Davis? I'm going to go with Anthony Davis. It is LeBron James. Ah. LeBron James is making more than Anthony Davis. Fear not. Don't worry. Don't worry. He's still got a lifeline. Okay? And he's still got two more of these. Here we go. Trick question, because Anthony Davis only has one year left on his contract. No, he does not. No, he does not. He has one year left on his contract. He's a free agent next summer. Two. I don't know where you got your information, but he is a free agent next summer. In any case, it's... Regardless, LeBron's making $10 million more per year next year. Uh, Here we go. Question number two. Uh, over the next four seasons, two guys just converged in the same town. 
Who's going to make more over the next four seasons, year by year? Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving with the Brooklyn Nets? I'm going to go with Lifeline on this one. Kevin Durant or Kyrie, Colton? Uh, it's it's Kevin, Kevin Durant. Durant's going to make, <clears throat> I think, about $39 million next year, and Kyrie's going to make about 31 or $32 million next year. Do you accept uh, Kevin Durant? I do. I accept that. Kevin Durant is correct. Kevin Durant, Durant is correct. Very well done. Good use of the lifeline. Okay, last one here for you, Jonathan. Who is making more? Over the next three years with the Clippers, two guys who just showed up to Los Angeles to play for the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. Remember, Paul George coming in on a contract already, Leonard signing a contract uh, for what he could get. Yeah, that'll be Kawhi. I know he just signed three years for a hundred and some million, so. He did signing three years for a hundred and some million, and George has three years remaining for also a hundred and some million. Okay. I'm going to say, go ahead. So, I believe it was Kawhi. I'm going to go with Kawhi. Here's what we're going to do. Okay. We're going to say that you said Paul George, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jonathan, you're a winner. Congratulations. All right. Basket of Wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern. Very well done by you. Give your information to Reese, and you go enjoy yourself, okay? All right. I will. All Thanks, right. guys. You got it. Thank you, Jonathan. All right. So you make me theme these things. Where did you see Anthony Davis has two years left on his contract? He's I'll only got one. I'll find it for you. He's now. only got one. In any case, the, the only website you need is Spotrack. Spotrack exactly has where I'm going. Okay, and well, here, Anthony Davis only has one. He is a free agent next summer. Here's the point: Anthony Davis is making twenty-seven million dollars. LeBron makes thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. In yeah. fact, Anthony Davis makes by far the least of all these people, which I think people would find surprising that 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 would be the case for a guy like him. He hasn't got to be a free agent yet, though. Just, that's the that's the problem. The, way, the, the timing is a great. Work article about the structure of contracts in the league on the athletic a couple days ago and this is an undertold part of the nba i talked about the cap deficit and the way that it's sort of starting to even out now because now you really do have the best players in the league becoming the highest paid players in the league and that's exactly how it should work yes but uh the other thing is that i, I think that people have a misunderstanding with the new rookie contracts in place you sign a three-year deal when you're drafted, that has a player option for the fourth year. When you're going to be that, so right now, let's take DeAndre Ayton, for example. He's number one overall pick in the draft last year. DeAndre Ayton will make between $8.1 and $9 million a year his first three seasons. Then when he's a free agent, or when he has the option to take the player option, he can take basically what is double his salary in his third year, so which would be about $18 million, for a one-year player option. Or he can negotiate. He's not a free agent. It's different than a player option for a veteran. So he can accept the player option, or he can sign the rookie-level extension, which is what Devin Booker just did. Devin Booker was making about $5 million, $6 million, $6 million, and then Devin Booker could have signed an $11.5 million contract or a four-year $155 million contract. That's what Booker ended up doing. Good choice. But basically then you parlay yourself into having, you, to get paid, 
to get the guaranteed money, you're committing yourself to a franchise for no less than seven years, and in some cases, eight. And that is a big commitment. It's a big commitment, yeah. and it's 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 the league put it in place to to try to incentivize guys to stay home. But it's also how you get a Russell Westbrook situation where Westbrook's what was best for Westbrook for the first seven years of his career was to resign with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Then you have the Supermax when Westbrook has been an All NBA guy and he can sign with the Thunder for two hundred twenty five million or go elsewhere and lose seventy or eighty million dollars. It's so hard to leave seventy or eighty million dollars on the table. So it incentivizes guys staying in small markets. That's a good thing, but it's also maybe not the best thing for the league because sometimes you could, then you can get locked into bad contracts. Myers Leonard is a great example with the Blazers. He was a late first round pick who was making, you know, one point five two, but then he's up for that rookie extension and he signs a four year sixty million dollar deal, which he's not worth. And so then he's getting paid way more than he's worth, and he's diminishing the market. Where Anthony Davis is at is Anthony Davis has been in the league now for seven years, and he did the exact thing that I'm talking about. Played three years on his rookie salary, signed the four-year max deal with the Pelicans. That makes him a little bit more tradable because he has that contract rather than the super max. But like you were saying, it's people might be surprised that Anthony Davis is the lowest paid among those guys, but it's because Anthony Davis has never had a chance to get paid. Well, and so to be clear, he actually does have two years left, but the th- second year is a player option, which he will presumably decline. Right. So he has twenty. And, and no, there's no presumable. There's no presumable about it. Rich Paul in Sports Illustrated last week said that Anthony Davis will be a free agent next summer. Period. Yeah. Well, I mean, of course he will be because he can now increase his salary by fifteen million dollars a year. Which why wouldn't you to make that decision? Unless it meant leaving L.A. If he really likes L.A., but probably he's just going to be fine and do that. So. Uh, anyway, point being, here's what I thought was interesting on as it pertains to all of this. The fact that Paul George makes more than Ky, uh, than than uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard, I think it's surprising. And it's close. It's actually really close. About $58,000 difference. Uh, $63,000 yeah. difference. $33 million to thirty-two seven. It's a little... Oh, more, excuse it, me. Three, three, I forgot the $300,000. $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $300, $
But we are also going to be having a discussion, like we have the last two springs, about who is the most stuck team in the NBA. And four of the eight teams will be in that category. And the Thunder were already in that category. And, and you're 100% right about that. The Thunder were, were probably in, in the, the NBA, most stuck team in the NBA. In the NBA, since Mikhail Prokhorov bought the New Jersey Nets, everybody, and now the Brooklyn Nets, everybody has just said, if we got the money, we don't care about the luxury tax. The luxury tax is irrelevant. So your payroll is irrelevant. Everything's irrelevant because you're just going to pay the money. You're going to pay the luxury tax. If you can get to $150 million, guys, you're doing it, period. But the spot, the, the number the number one important, most important thing in the league besides having superstars is having assets. And you were talking about how the fact that the Thunder got six picks from the Clippers, and those clip, those picks might not be that valuable because the Clippers might be Depend, in the yeah, Western Conference. Who knows, uh, right. I mean, they're going to be Final Four team, likely. They're likely going to be in the finals. I mean, or who knows what they're going to be, but they're not going to be a lottery team. Correct. But the point is that you re- required assets, and now you have assets. And if you trade Russell Westbrook for the right people, now you have more assets. And the Thunder have a chance now to have more assets than anybody in the history of the NBA. But the question is, do you have assets? I mean, you, let's say it like this. You certainly do have assets, but not all assets are equal. You want to know why you always say, you want to know why? Because you never know when somebody's going to roll an ankle. You never know when somebody's going to roll an ankle, but there's also teams like the Knicks in the NBA still. If you have first-round draft picks you and you're Sam Presti, you can fleece anybody you want. Not anybody you want, but there's teams out there that get fleeced over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, maybe so. Uh, certainly we've seen it. I mean, we saw it with Brooklyn, right, and Boston going back in the most, most notably. I think that this is... If the Clippers made this trade and turn out to be the team that we talked about, which I don't think they will be, but if they turn out to be a team with 200 million guys that are stuck because they can't be as good as the top four or five teams in the West, which, again, I don't think that is going to happen. But if that were to happen, the the Oklahoma City Thunder just made a haul. Mm-hmm. If, they're, if they are an, a, an, an elite team, top two, three in the West, maybe a Western Conference Finals, Finals run it, over the next three seasons... This is very questionable for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And the 2026 first-round pick is just too far into the future. I mean, you got to flip a coin. You know, you got to flip a coin. So you you don't know what you have there. So even though you have all these first-rounders, the Clippers are banking on that they're going to be good, and those are going to become, relatively speaking, irrelevant picks to them. So there go, give us what we got. Now, let's do it. And I have to think that that is the most obvious surface-level observation you could make if you were going to think about trading for some of these picks, which the Oklahoma City have now acquired. And by the way, at some point, I mean, what do you care if you're picking four or five guys in a draft? You can only have 12 guys on a team. You know, yeah, how many guy, how many picks can you possibly use? And so clearly he would acquire these to, to deal with, right, to make trades with, and hopefully to... <laughs> to get some return on from some themes that are more optimistic than he is on what those things turn out to be, and maybe he can do that. The, the couple things that the Oklahoma City... First of all, I think that the, the Lakers for Anthony Davis trade and the Clippers for what essentially amounts to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, mm. because you're not going to get Kawhi Leonard unless you get Paul George if you're the Clippers. So they, they did they unloaded all these assets, but they got two superstars. Mm. I think that they're the, two, the first two trades in the league where you trade bona fide superstars... And both sides win. 
They're, they're two, yeah. both sides won Agreed. in both the New Orleans LA trade, New Orleans Lakers trade, and both the Thunder Clippers trade. Both sides won. I think the other thing is that if you're the Thunder, you are allowed to have, you're, first of all, you're allowed to use uh, hindsight and foresight. And you also have one of the most proven commodities in the entire NBA, Sam Presti. Sam Presti has, there's no, if you really look at the arc of the franchise, Sam Presti had to deal with moving to Seattle, from Seattle to Oklahoma City and then having this exceptionally young core that was exceptionally talented that made the finals when they were young. And they have unloaded three MVPs. Well, once Russell Westbrook's traded, it'll be three MVPs, as well as the guy who finished third in the MVP voting in Paul George. And not to mention guys like Victor Oladipo and, I mean, on down the line. I read an article the other day. They have had 18 guys that you would consider all-star caliber players in their time, and the only guy left on the roster is Russell Westbrook, and they've never missed the playoffs during that span. Why? Because Sam Presti knows how to do all this stuff. The other thing that gives them an advantage in this trade is the fact that Danilo, Danilo Gallinari is a good player. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. But he also has an expiring contract, which it was before, before he before he re, I mean, because Danilo Gallinari was good in Denver, signed this big deal, sucked, and then was good last year. So the contract became less bad, but it's still $20 million off the books. They also have Steven Adams on the books for $24 million. You clear those two, and you trade Russell Westbrook, and now all of a sudden next summer, you're in the mix. And they Again. pick up a great young guard in this trade as well from... Uh, from, from Shea Gilchrist Alexander is, is really good. So you know, the name of the game is assets, no doubt, when it's not championships. And I think that that's what the Thunder realized. And you have to give Sam Presti a ton of credit. Um, for salvaging something. Because if you just roll with Russell Westbrook and Paul George for the next three years, I think that you're just, you're in the abyss. Yeah. I uh, I don't know if I've ever done this before, but I just didn't know where we were in the show. Never. Because the Wing It Wednesdays led right into what we were going to do at the top of the hour. It's now the top of the hour, and we haven't even gotten there yet. Anyway, plenty more to come back on. We're going to do a quick break. Come back. You got to hear you got to hear about Catherine Burkoff, one of the elite athletes ever from the state of Montana, next. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed, guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, I think you as well, fiber. Got to have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You got to get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana. Through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, more than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive, innovative, and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. Are you not wearing socks? To Kelly Nuanez, live on the stream at 1029ESPN.com. The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. 
Now from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. When you wear Sperry's sailing shoes with your shorts, you don't wear socks. Hmm. You wouldn't know. You have one pair of shoes. Right. Those, and two pairs of socks. Those will not support my... I get a lot of pairs of socks. <laughs> How many are actually pairs? A couple. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I have a couple pairs of socks. I have many individual socks. Yep. But I Is there anything socks. better than new socks? New socks are tough to beat. Our buddy that we're playing... My buddy that we're playing golf with on Sunday, mm. uh, leading up to the Big Sky kickoff, he said that uh, if he ever is a millionaire... The number one thing he's going to buy is a new pair of socks every day. Is that right? Yep. Well, you know, I got news for you. You don't got to be a millionaire. <laughs> well, that's true. It's just probably not that great of an allotment of resources if you are in not a rich person. Well, it's not a great allotment of resources regardless because they can not. be worn for quite some time. But it is the, the reason that it's nice to have new socks is because you can tell the difference from the old socks. With that, we welcome you to Tutel and Nuanas. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Chris Polaris is celebrating their 30th anniversary this month. That's right, 30 years they've been in business. And they're celebrating by giving back to you. That's up to 30% off. 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of a new Polaris off-road vehicle, a Svarna Beta dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat. Some restrictions apply. See Kurtz for details. Get to Kurtz Polaris in Missoula and Sealy all month for Kurtz 30th anniversary sale. Coulter, it is time for our prep extra segment. I think this can still be a prep extra segment. Or it can. Yeah, yeah certainly. Right? Sure. I mean, it has to be. Uh, it is brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. And this is uh, this is remarkable. Now, Missoula Hellgate and the YMCA as well have had nationally outstanding swimming programs for a long time. And they have had uh, 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 outstanding awards given, both the coaches and and to swimmers alike. But this uh, is going to a whole new level with Catherine Burkoff. Catherine Burkoff, who you may have heard uh, on this show or elsewhere already, is uh, a 16-time individual state champion. That's 16-0, and 0, people. Never lost. Never lost. Insane. I don't think. Uh, did she? Uh, never lost a race. Is that right? In her high school career? Never. I mean, that's on the order of Ken Griffey Jr. never striking out in high school. Never had a strikeout. Catherine Burkhoff never took second or worse in a swimming competition her entire high school career. And it's not as if she was just dominating bad competition either because in Montana high school, when you're this level, you are probably swimming against inferior competitors to you based on your natural talent. But, I mean, this young lady was swimming top 50 times in the world. Mm. Period. Not high school age adjusted. I mean, she, I think she had like the 42nd fastest backstroke time in the entire world last year. Uh, just incredible. She uh, is going on to swim in college, which I think good choice there, heading to North Carolina State out of the ACC. But she has just uh, finished a competition in Naples, Italy. We were turned on to this, uh, the World University Games in Naples, uh, because there's uh, a couple of other athletes from the state of Montana that are uh, uh, competing in this. But she goes over and she wins the uh, the backstroke. Is that what it was? The, was it the backstroke? Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. 59.29 seconds. 100 meter backstroke. 100 meter backstroke. Uh, a personal best for her, which if she's already done a 40 second in the world time earlier in this, 
That's really good. Wins the entire thing in an, in her first international competition and uh, is going to be heading again over to North Carolina State and has her sights set on the 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo. So uh, congratulations to her, uh, former Hellgate. And again, Hellgate, six straight state titles in swimming. Uh, certainly in significant part because of, of the work that, uh, that, that Ms. Burkhoff put in in the pool. It's worth noting that she's the daughter of David Burkhoff, who is widely considered one of the great backstrokers in the history of United States swimming. He won four medals in the Olympics. He was a gold medalist in both 1988 and 1992 in the 4x100 meter relays, as well as placing individually silver in the men's 100 meter backstroke in Seoul in 88 and bronze in 1992 in Barcelona. I mean, they call it the Burkhoff blastoff the way he started his races. So when you have a nickname for the way you get out of the gates, <laughs> probably pretty good. Uh, so obviously the, the genetics and the way that it's, but also just the dedication to the, the pursuit and the discipline and just the tricks of the trade have been passed along. But I mean, this is, you know, we, we debated the top athletes in Montana about three weeks ago, and yep. we did not mention Katha Burkhoff, which is a gigantic slight on Big our miss. part. Big miss. I mean, because she's, she's a world-class athlete. I mean, she, yeah. she's, she just beat professional swimmers. I mean, she is now... You know, she's going to be a, an amateur while in college, but she's competing on the highest stage now, competing yes. internationally uh, across the world. I think she has a couple more meets this summer before she goes to NC State. Uh, by the way, her 100-meter backstroke victory, the second-place gal is also going to NC State, so they're probably going to be oh. pretty good. Probably got a pretty good recruiting class there. It's, there's going to be no – it's either going to be best of friends or <laughs> or not. It, driving force either way. Yes. But uh, – we were remiss to mention her in the top athletes from Montana because there's un, un, no doubt that she is one of the best athletes from the state of Montana. Well, uh, I can tell you, too, uh, many medals as your father may have won, great as David Burkhoff was. My dad is one of the great world-renowned foresters you'll ever find. I can't tell the difference between a ponderosa pine and an oak. So, <laughs> you know, it, does, it doesn't always just mean that you're going to be able to do it. You got to go out and do it, and she's doing it. So good for her, and uh, will be exciting to watch her. Obviously, at the collegiate level in the ACC, and then uh, perhaps uh, even at that uh, at that Olympic level as well. It would be that would be fantastic. So, prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmers State Bank. Uh, it never fails. You go to the grocery store. You leave your debit card somewhere in a restaurant, at the counter, whatever it is. Get the My Card app. You can shut off your debit card right from your phone. Safe, secure, instant, turn it back on as soon as you locate your card. That is what Farmer's State Bank can do for you. Hour one in the books, hour two, straight ahead. Some transfers to Montana and Montana State football teams and maybe some more NBA stuff. Who knows? Next. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not.
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.